0: I don't know, I remember reading about this when you posted about it before, but I don't really remember the exact parameters. Is this gonna be public or are you gonna share this or?
1: Yeah, I'll share the audio. Um, And uh, it's just a sort of, it's a project aimed at validating the need, validating thinking as an activity And trying to show people that you also don't have to like, you know, set aside too much time to do it, that it it can happen and thoughts can really unfold pretty deeply in a short period of time. So I've been doing this with, I think three, I I have five solo ones and then I've done like four conversations and I'm just doing them sort of spontaneously like this. Cool. Yeah. So will you just introduce yourself and tell people um, what you do in the world?
0: Yeah, I'm Panel Camp, Um, I'm a professor of theater at Washington University in St. Louis. Um, I teach theater history, I'm teaching a class on contemporary comedy right now, stand-up comedy. Mm. And I work, my research is on um, 18th century, mostly France and the sort of uh, points of intersection between theater history and intellectual history or the history of philosophy. So yeah, that's the sort of profile in a nutshell.
1: Great. Well, what is, what would you like to think about? Uh,
0: Well, I, I have been, um, mulling over, uh, questions related to my current book project, which is on social theory and performance. Mm -hmm. Um, and I have not had as much writing time as I wished, and um, I am finding little bits here and there to work on chapters, but I'm still in the place where I'm kind of trying to formulate the big questions and um, put parameters around it as well. So the the question, the sort of uh, general description of the project is what is it in the history of social theory um, that is, deserves to be understood as the background of what we now think of as performance theory? <clears throat> and there's so much there, and this project could easily become something very, very ambitious and unmanageable. Yeah. Um, and there are, there are times when I think that what I really should just do is a very practical nuts and bolts Um, not too complicated tracing of um, the big moments in in social theory starting in the 18th century through the early 20th century for a theater and performance studies readership and not get too interpretive and not do any theory building of my own and not try to intervene Hmm. in a way that really seeks to change or... Solidify the concept of performance as we use it professionally, but then I find myself thinking that um, what 's really exciting to me about this is is precisely those kinds of interventions mm. um, could i Could I build on to performance theory using these materials?
1: Um, is there a tacit claim in there that um, that performance theory today is basically you know, interrogating the same questions that social theorists have been asking for a long time?
0: Yeah, yeah. The way that I have, one of the ways that I formulated it to myself is that you think of performance theory and um, one of the more prevalent accounts of that is the kind of collaborative thinking that Richard Schechter, Victor Turner began doing in the 60s and 70s. And there are sort of elements to it. One of the elements is the canonical, philological tradition of dramatic literature, dramatic theory, theater and performance in a very Western European mold. Another element of it is cultural anthropology and the um, study of, Description of an interpretation of ritual Mm, as a form that um, or as a practice that allows us to expand the activity of theatrical performance into something much more capacious. And then there's this third element, which is the social element, which I think is underdeveloped in our field's understanding. And you know it's there because um, when Schechner, for example, and and others describe the origin of performance studies, there's always name checking of uh, Irving Goffman, um, sometimes Kenneth Burke, who's not really uh, as, I don't know, he belongs to a different tradition arguably. And of course, Victor Turner and and Van Genep and these other figures who you think of as being sort of cultural anthropologists. Mm Um, but their training all presupposed a familiarity with Durkheim and a, frankly, a structural functionalist understanding of what ritual is and does. Yeah. It's meant, it's understood, I think, as an implicit thing that, um, what ritual and therefore what the sort of nebulous term of performance does is, um, to provides some uh, orchestration and order to um, human group activities. But I don't think that most theater and performance scholars know much about Durkheim and don't know much about the broader um, tradition of social theory that's behind it. So I think we actually have a kind of uh, stunted way of thinking the social dimension of performance Mm -hmm. and that if we knew what performance theory actually owes to social theory and what social theorists uh were talking about and the way they engaged with theatrical metaphor specifically we'd see that yeah it's Mm -hmm. the performance theory is a sort of social theory we just don't really know how to talk about it
1: i think that there was a um several years ago there was a anthology out about cultural embodiment and memory by like Roberta Mock was one of the editors and Uh and somebody else and they if I remember correctly they talk specifically in the introduction about Durkheim and his his specifically his theories on groups as being important for for theater and some of the essays in that um in that collection are popping into my mind right now as you're talking one of which was about um tea ceremonies in Japan, mm-hmm. um, and another one was about puppetry in um, Catalonia, um, mm-hmm. but, but actually the, the two main and it sort of dates the project in a specific, you know, paradigm of performance studies thinking the two main people that they kept running the most of the thoughts through were um, Diana Taylor and, and Joseph Roach. Mm-hmm. And it was the notion of repertoire specifically was really important and scenarios was, was important. Yeah. Uh, has that come up for you? That specific sort of, um, I'm thinking I guess of, you know, Joe Ro- Roach's work about sociality in new Orleans and surrogacy. D- does that come up for you at all? Or.
0: It doesn't. I mean, the, these are really good reference points. I think that the. um When I think of someone like Joe Roach and his, you know, sort of magisterial interpretive um, work, he's an example of someone who really drives the field into a direction of um, interpretation that is social in the sense of um, subjectivity. And so I think that we, Mm. I think that because the field was growing at the time when cultural studies was expanding um, and when high theory is proliferating and when the underlying uh, terms of that kind of work were really the, um, the ways of theorizing the subject, um, either through Freudian and, and other sort of later psychoanalytic models of, of the subject or, um, traditions that come out of continental philosophy, um, and the, the, what am I thinking of? You know, the legacy of semiotics, deconstruction, yeah. Yeah. um, very fine grain, very deep and evocative and generative interpretations of texts. To me, that is, in, uh, exemplary or, or is. um, that, that describes Joe Roach's work very well and his contributions to the field have been, you know, immense, but I don't think that he thinks on the level of the social system. Mm-hmm. And it's not to say that he, you know, is sort of lacking or mistaken in anything that he claims in particular and the way that he can coordinate, um, mm-hmm really evocative interpretations of historically and geographically distant phenomena suggest that it's not just a kind of um, very narrow view of an object that only relies on a kind of subjective encounter with something individual. Hmm. Um, it's not that he doesn't have the capacity for it. He certainly does. But there's a, a way that I think our habits in the field um, shy away from structuralist interpretation and shy away from um, conceiving of humanity as a big system in the way that the um, sociological thinkers, or I should say, I think social theorists like Durkheim, Marx, Weber, and others um, did. So That's a good point.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's really interesting to make that distinction. And I haven't, I haven't come across anybody who makes that distinction, though it seems very important to make. Um,
0: well, there are, I mean, the thing is that these social thinkers are sort of, they're all over our work. And Schechner is a very good example of someone who is actually building concepts that are attempting to take uh, the interpretation of, of discrete performative or communicative phenomena and explain the way they have a broader impact in the social realm, but I don't feel as though Schechner was a particularly effective theory builder. I think he's very good at sort of elaborating concepts that are very exciting and that open up texts in new ways. But um, the I think our our the field's uh, capacity for thinking on the level of the social system is a little bit attenuated, um, and. My hope would be that if we can build those, build up our understanding of um, what social theory has taken from theater as a concept mm-hmm. on the long view, that that type of thinking will be more ready at hand.
1: Is there a Hobbesian dimension to like social contract into like, Nascent understandings of of the social and liberal liberal thinking and liberalism, and then into like the racial dimension of that in the United States by people like Charles Mill. Is that is that line in your? Thing?
0: Yeah, I mean, Hobbes and the sort of um, uh, late seventeenth and eighteenth century tradition of liberal political thought is significant in that it's often identified as being. One of the precursor fields to social theory, per se. So one of the one of the accounts that of um, social theory as an independent intellectual tradition <clears throat> would make the distinction uh, with someone like Montesquieu, which is that prior social thought in the West had generally been on the level of the state. It had been political theory and. Theories of uh, governance and and designs of states, and Montesquieu uh, is I think interpreted by people, including Durkheim, as a moment when uh, contra people like Hobbes, um, there it's possible to think of history and think of large of people um, as being systems in a way that's independent from the prevailing. Uh, state governing or state organizational effects. Mm -hmm. Um, So I do in the, in the, you know, being someone who works on the 18th century, I've started in the 18th century and I've done some research on Adam Smith in this vein of of reading him as a social theorist and I'm working on Montesquieu and Rousseau Mm -hmm. now. These are all people who are prior to, uh, Marx or prior to the French socialists uh, that Marx was was familiar with. Um, and so you do start to get the, you know, certain uh, elements of social thought that are different from what you would call like political theory during the time. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so I've been reading um, Althusser Althusser's book on uh, Montesquieu and Rousseau and Hegel is great. Um, I'm trying to build the pathways from 18th century liberal thought into Marx. Hmm. Um, That's really interesting. I mean, there's also- I'm not not terribly familiar with actually. And I don't know, I mean, in terms of the racial component of social um, life and uh, uh, social systems, uh, Du Bois is the person who I'm, imagining will be a very important figure in this book. Mm. Um, but I hadn't thought of the of of Mill.
1: Oh Charles, but yeah. A- yes, Mill, yeah. The, I was thinking I mentioned I was thinking of Charles Mills the philosopher, but but John Stuart Mill would be an interesting oh, okay. response to. But <laughs> but because Charles Mills, the philosopher, has a book called The Racial Contract that that rethinks the notion of the social contract. And it, it's relevant to what you're saying insofar as The ability to think the social was always kind of handicapped. It was like hit in the knees in the United States because it never included two huge subsets of people women or non white people. So it was, there was like a, a structural blind spot created and installed in social thinking that made it impossible to think the social in any, in any specific thing. And you wonder then, you know, to what degree do academic disciplines, performance studies included inherit that blind spot so that the social is always built around this absence. Yeah,
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I would say at this moment, um, in the, you know, 21st century, I think performance studies is acutely aware of, uh, of gender and of racial difference. But I do think you're right that to the extent that the, earliest um, developments of performance as a concept are, well, it's not true because I think Schechner is, um, Schechner is a very uh, anti-colonialist thinker. I mean, his intervention in the field is to basically, um, one of its impulses is to unburden us of the um, highly chauvinistic and highly Eurocentric and, and white supremacist, though he wouldn't use those words. Um, Uh, uh, canons of of thinking about what theater is and what it can be. But absolutely, to the extent that he's incorporating wittingly or unwittingly a a functionalist uh, model of social thinking from Durkheim indirectly, um, then there is a lack there. Um, And part of the reason I think we don't like to read Durkheim very much anymore is that there's a very uncomfortable kind of um, Race subtext to the way he differentiates among um, complex and simple societies to borrow his term right. and it feels highly informed by a sense of uh, Euro- uh, European superiority um, even as Durkheim is very much concerned with all the out of control pathologies that happen because of industrialization yeah. so yeah that's a, th- those are things that I need to take account of in the earliest phases of this research, um, <clears throat> but because I'm reading, you know, sort of key texts in sociology and social theory that uh, reinscribe this canon, which is, you know, Marx, Weber, Durkheim, and the sort of surrounding figures, and it's really, from what I can tell, um, only pretty recent social theory anthologies that um, seek to incorporate feminist thought and and anti-racist thought into it. Um, it, it it's a that's something I have to take account of
1: yeah well it's fascinating I mean I can like you said in the beginning I can see how it could go in so many directions at once and be sort of a multi-volume thing but but you know it's not it's not a it's not a it's actually a really interesting idea to think of it as like a kind of ongoing encyclopedic project that people can add to because that's kind of what the system is that you're, you're seeking to describe, something that is quite large and always, if not growing, always sort of like becoming bigger as we look at it more closely.
0: Yeah, I think I've, it's, it's weird to just have a couple of chapters drafted, but then also have this sort of very large project in my mind where the, the distinctions or the sort of breaking points that I've imagined would be, oh, possibly this is a two volume thing. Possibly there's classical social, performance in classical social theory, that goes up to, say, Durkheim, <clears throat> or perhaps up to Goffman, since that's the one of the first figures that most people in the field will have will have a working understanding with, who's a sociology or, or sociologist, or social thinker. Um, but then I've also, and then there could be a second volume, which would be contemporary or 20th century social theory, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I've also wondered if maybe I should do a more bare bones, comprehensive intellectual history. And then try to build a theory. Try to actually build a theory of performance that helps cut through some of the ambiguity. Um, and I, you know, I'm, I'm comfortable with some ambiguity. I think some ambiguity is good. But I also think that when, when you look at attempts to define performance as a concept and the extremely squirrely nature of the term between academic and uh, popular use of it. I actually think that's a problem for the field, um, that it's so tough to define that it seems to maybe be empty. I think that actually uh, looking at some contemporary social thinkers like Nicholas Luhmann, who I'm fascinated with though, has some problems with him. Um, mm. Understanding society as fundamentally being a realm of communication, I think could be a really helpful theoretical insight. Mm most classical social theory is built on the notion of action um, following Max Weber and Talcott Parsons but what if we thought of like Nicholas Luhmann performance and or or like Nicholas Luhmann understanding the movement of everything social as being effectively communication rather than action and conceive of performance as a mode of communication
1: Mm.
0: as opposed to a mode of action or as opposed to nothing definable
1: <laughs> yeah, or as both and in which case it would be it's like a new register to look at it yeah as yeah that's really that's really great hey thank you for thinking through that
0: i <laughs> i, I really stop,
1: i'll stop the very
0: much appreciate the questions uh, and the opportunity
1: i'll stop the recording and then we can just talk a little bit more but
0: yeah